the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and the challenges facing today's church with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, once again, in the Bible, one of the most terrifying and horrifying scriptures is found in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 11, where it says, God shall send them strong delusion. Question, what does the phrase strong delusion mean? And what can we do to avoid falling into this trap? Whether you're in the church or outside the church, join us now as we come to part 10 in this series entitled, Why Does God Send Strong Delusion? Stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly uh, blessed, and <clears throat> thank you so much for that introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there uh, for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we trust that you'll be blessed and uplifted in the Lord tonight. Uh, we know this has been a tremendous series on uh, strong delusions as it relates to many different factors uh, in our lives and in the lives of those who have constantly said no to God over and over and over again. Now, last week, we dealt with uh, strong delusions as it relates to an hardened heart, and people just got hardened hearts towards God today. And, you know, Jeremiah told us that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately uh, wicked. You know, man's heart is just wicked. And Jesus said, out of the heart proceedeth all sorts of evil things. And, and until man's heart get right with Jesus, he stands in line of this thing of a strong delusion coming up on him, whether you are in the church or outside the church. Now, uh, last week, we talked about uh, Pharaoh, uh, the king of Egypt, who heartened his heart. And we talked about uh, 10 times God spoke to him, 10 times, and he heartened his heart towards God, 10 times. The number 10 is throughout the Bible. Yeah, you should do a study on that sometime for the number 10, and we have numerics throughout the Bible. And this man, this king of Egypt, he, God tried to speak to him over and over and over again. And uh, what was his response? No to God over and over and over again. Let me say this to you, my friend. It's a dangerous thing to say no to God. And to say no to God over and over and over again. Because after a while, God not only sends a strong delusion upon your life, 
but it puts God in a position uh, to say no to you. See, God has choice, too. You know, you have a choice to say yes, and God has a choice to say yes to you when you say yes to him. But God also has a choice to say no to you when you say no to him. You know, because God uh, has that uh, volitional choice to choose to do certain things, too. We need to keep that in mind. And so when we say no to God over and over and over again, it puts God in the position to say no to you and to allow your heart to be hardened or baked in a wicked state, deliberate, willful decision of your life. And you say, well, I haven't made a decision. Well, a no decision is a decision. What is that decision? A no decision is a no decision, and that's saying no to God. And you need to say yes to God. See, because this willful, deliberate, willful decision of yours where there is uh, where it puts you in a position uh, for a strong delusion to come upon you. And you see, when a strong delusion comes upon you and upon your conscience, you don't have any more of a clear, godly decision to follow Jesus. And that is why Jesus told his disciples over and over and over again, I want you to listen to this carefully tonight, those of you who are who have talked to people about Jesus Christ over and over and over again. You've witnessed to people about Jesus, whether they are in a cult or a false religion or just an everyday person going to work or not working. You witness to them. And they have said no to Jesus. They've said no to the real Jesus of historic Christianity. And Jesus gives you an encouraging word. He says, when they constantly say no to you, dust the dirt off your feet as a testimony and move on. He said, don't continue to cast your pearls among swine. Because all they're going to do is trample upon it or put waste upon it. So last week, we learned about Pharaoh hardening his heart towards God. Ten times, Pharaoh hardened his heart towards God. Ten times. But it's also interesting in the Bible that after he hardened his heart ten times, God in turn hardened Pharaoh's heart uh, ten times. He just let him be baked into that wrong, willful, deliberate, wicked decision. That's a scary state to be in for God to just back up and just bake you into that wickedness. That's scary. You need to wake up to that. And that's what Second Thessalonians 2, 10 through 12 is talking about. This brings us to this part two on this uh, issue of this heart and hearts that people have. And there are a lot of pharaohs today, not only in the world, but there are pharaohs in the church. You say, I'm not a pharaoh. Yeah, you're a pharaoh. Because when you say no to God over and over and over and over again, you are a pharaoh because you're doing the same thing. See, 
There's no difference. So we're going to learn tonight about God. Ten times in Scripture teach that God, after seeing Pharaoh harden his heart over and over and over again, God's warning and commands that God harden his own heart regarding those wrong choices that he made, and uh, that's a scary state to be in. Now, there are ten times in Scripture where God um, willed for Pharaoh's heart to be hardened. Let me go into these ten perspectives. Isn't that interesting? Ten times. Pharaoh hardened his heart, and then ten times the Scripture says God hardened his heart. What a comparison. Number one, in Exodus 4 and 21, you might want to write these Scriptures down. Number one, in Exodus 4 and 21, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, But I will hearten his heart. Now, I want you to notice how many times the personal pronoun is mentioned. The I. I will hearten his heart. Number two, in Exodus 7 and 3, here's the personal pronoun again. And I will hearten Pharaoh's heart. Number three, Exodus 9 and 12. And the Lord heartened the heart of Pharaoh, and he hearkened not unto them as the Lord has spoken unto Moses. See, the Lord is always trying to speak to us just like he was trying to do with uh, Pharaoh. And sometimes he'll speak to you when you're awake. Sometimes he'll speak to you in a vision. Sometimes he'll speak to you in a dream. Sometimes he'll speak to you uh, when you are in a messy situation so he can bring you out of the mess to a message. God has many different ways to try to speak to you. And somebody said that this should have been in the, in the Bible. Man's extremity is God's opportunity. When you hit the extreme of life, that's when God does his greatest work. Number four, in Exodus 10 and 1, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go in unto Pharaoh, for I, this personal pronoun, I, I have heartened his heart and the heart of his servants. Now, this is scary because you can be a father, you can be a leader, you can be someone who is in a position of heartening your heart. And it can affect you, and it can affect your children, it can affect everyone in your community, because you have a heart and heart. Number five, Exodus 10 and 20. But the Lord heartened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not let the children of Israel go. Number six, Exodus 10 and 27. But the Lord heartened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let them go. Number seven, Exodus 11 and 10. And Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh. And the Lord heartened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not let the children of Israel go out of the land. Number eight, Exodus 14 and four. Here's the personal pronoun again. And I will hearten Pharaoh's heart. Number nine, Exodus 14 and, and eight. And the Lord heartened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And number 10, Exodus 14 and 17. Here's the personal pronoun mentioned several times. And I, behold, I will hearten the hearts 
of the Egyptians. Now, this includes Pharaoh and all of those that are associated with him. So the heartening of the heart of Pharaoh spread it to everyone in Egypt. And that's a scary thing, how sin has consequences with it. To the third and fourth generation, to them that hate the Lord, you better wake up because your heart and heart can hearten the heart of your children, your wife, your husband, your relatives, people in a business, people in a community, people in a government, people all over the world. Your heart and heart could be spread out to others to have a heart and heart. Now, let me say this in conclusion. It is a terrible, horrifying, terrifying thing for God to hearten our hearts in a sinful practice of our lifestyle. That is called a stronghold or a strong delusion where you can't tell the difference between what is right and what is wrong, where you can't tell the difference between truth and error, where you can't tell the difference between religion and relationship. There are a lot of people in the church and outside the church in this same state of mind, a delusional, illusional way of thinking. Let me say this in closing. We need to repent. We need to turn from sin and turn to the Savior. We need to repent and turn to Jesus before it's too late, before you lose your mind in a strong, delusional way of thinking. We need to repent and turn to Jesus before we end up like King Pharaoh with a hard heart. Do you have a hard heart? You know what the answer to a hard heart is? Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29, Come unto me, all you that labor and, and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He'll give your heart rest and peace and joy and all the other thing. Are you a Pharaoh? If you haven't turned to the Lord Jesus and you've said no over and over to him, there's no difference between you and Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say to the churches regarding a heart and heart. Repent, repent right now, and turn to Jesus. Brother Gary. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, we want to begin by diligently uh, you know, thanking you guys for praying for us, contending for the faith. We wouldn't be on the air. It's that simple. If it weren't for your prayers, we know that the effectual fervent prayer, of the righteous availeth much. And over the years, they have availed much for contending for the faith. So we want to just say thank you for all of you who are always praying for us and lifting us up before the Lord. It is so essential and it is so vital that you continue to do so. Uh, we also want to thank those of you who gave this week. Uh, there was only two, Danielle and Jackie. Um, we, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your partnership financially. We thank you that God put it on your heart to to open up your pocketbook and share uh, a blessing with us. It's so important. Again, this is a listener-supported ministry, and we so thank you 
uh, Donnell and Jackie this week. But you know what? We need more than just two. We need all of you to step up and continue to be a blessing, a consistent blessing financially for contending for the faith. It costs us 400 a week to stay on the air. And so we need your help. Uh, it's just that important. You know, only two donations per week uh, won't won't keep us on the air long. We need your help. Um, we thank God every week for what he's doing with this broadcast, how lives are touched, how people are connected to it. And, you know, the Lord is using this ministry in a mighty, powerful way. You know, we... We just got word this week that um, Dr. Buckner's book on the Trinity was used to bring a gentleman. His name is O.J. This man was 27 years a Jehovah Witness. And uh, one of our ministry team members got opportunity to share that book on the Trinity that Dr. Buckner wrote with this gentleman. And he was convicted and gave his life to the Lord. He said, I've been deceived all these years. And this is one only one aspect of, of what happens as a result of contending for the faith and the, and the work that God has called us all to do through this ministry. That book is vital. I recommend that um, you get a copy. It's $10. You can order it from um, Contending for the Faith, or you can give us a call. We can give you the information to get it. Um, but every Christian should have it in their library. It's a it's an amazing resource when it comes to giving reasons and answers for your faith, specifically on in the area of the Trinity. But that's just one aspect. You know, we counsel people, we talk to people all the time, we give reasons and answers for faith that oftentimes folks do not get in their churches on a regular basis. We hear that all the time. Wow, I'm not, I'm not hearing our pastor talk about this. I never heard this. And I've been a Christian for 27 years or whatever it is, and no one's explained it like this. Thank you so much. We get letters and cards all the time. And we know God is using this ministry to touch lives and give reasons and answers for faith and, and th- to touch lives for eternity, to, to, to snatch them from the, from the brink of, of uh, hell, literally. And so it's so important that you continue to pray for this ministry. It's so important that as God has blessed you, you partner with us financially here at Contending for the Faith because lives are being changed. A lot of times things are going on behind the scenes and we don't even know about it. Um, And then they surface all of a sudden, just like this incident. And so we just we're so thankful that God chose to use us. We're so thankful that God wants to use you as well to partner with us in this ministry. There's two ways that you can give. Um, the first one, you can just send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith. Send it to P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Tiburon, spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. The second way is go onto your computer or your laptop to contendingfaith.org contendingfaith.org, and click on the donate button. It's that simple. You can change a life. You can change multiple lives for time and eternity by your investment into this ministry. You know, it's an amazing thing. We know one day we'll stand before God. He's going to say, look around, and we're going to see a vast multitude of people. We're going to ask the Lord, who are these people, Lord? He's going to tell us that these are the folks that have been brought into the kingdom 
as a result of your giving to contending for the faith. And it's so important. We don't always have a heavenly perspective. We get so earthly-minded that we don't think about anything else. But as we give to ministries and as we pay our tithes, we're sending our treasures ahead of us. And this is just one more avenue that you can do that. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary. Appreciate those encouraging words. And I know that we believe that has moved on the hearts of those out there listening tonight. Uh, And I wanted to just uh, feedback off of uh, what you shared, uh, this tremendous uh, testimony and story that uh, happened with this uh, uh, person who is uh, Jehovah's Witness. Uh, Brother uh, Guy, uh, who's uh, been a good friend of ours for many years and a member of our church, uh, he had to go to Alabama uh, because his mother had a major stroke, and she passed on. Well, his mother uh, has been a Jehovah Witness for a long time, and she passed on. They had a funeral at uh, a Kingdom Hall service. Uh, But his brother, uh, named O.J., uh, has been a Jehovah's Witness for 27 years. And Brother Guy called me uh, during uh, the week, which was a couple of weeks ago, about a week ago, so, and he said, Dr. Buckner, can you get your book to me as soon as possible? The biblical proposition supporting the Trinity. I really need to <clears throat> use that book to share with my family that are Jehovah's Witnesses. And I said, sure, I'll get it in the mail right away. And I prayed around that book that God would use it to minister to some people and his family. And sure enough, he ended up giving me a call. And uh, he said, Dr. Buckner, we got some shouting news to share with you. I said, well, what's that? He said, "Uh, I have my brother on the phone with me, and he want to share something with you. And his brother uh, came on the phone, and he was shouting, kind of reminded me of your uh, grandfather when I prayed for him, Brother Gary, before he went on to be with the Lord. It was a shouting time, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. And uh, this guy. This man started shouting, and he said, Dr. Buckner, Dr. Buckner, I have been deceived for 27 years in the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, a cult. And he said, when I read your book and I went through it, uh, he said that it convicted me to come out of this cult. And we were all shouting and crying and just having a glorious time. And I really do believe this. This is what Walter Martin, my mentor, one time said. He said every time he gets ready to speak, and he's gone to be with the Lord, but he said every time he would get ready to speak, he would pray that God would open up the eyes and ears of people so that the Holy Spirit could penetrate. And do you not know that the Holy Spirit penetrated? This is an encouraging word for a lot of you out there. Right now, you uh, may be witnessing to somebody right now, and you may be saying, you know what, I've witnessed to them over and over and over, and I don't see any results. Well, God has his own timing, because he just told us to plant the seed, and and someone else will water it, and God in his timing will give the increase. Don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. This is a, a testimony right here of somebody 
who'd been in this, this cult for 27 years and came out of it as a result of reading the book that I wrote on the Trinity. And this reminds me, and we'll get to our callers in a minute, this reminds me of Ted Denser, that uh, Walter Martin had uh, planted a seed. He was a Jehovah's Witness leader uh, with the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society for over 30 years. And Walter Martin gave him two scriptures. He gave him a scripture in Hebrews uh, 1 and 6, when it says, When he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he commanded all the angels of God to worship him, meaning Jesus there. And then he shared with him Matthew 4 and Luke 4, where Jesus said, Get thee behind me, Satan. The only one that thou shalt worship is God. And that Jehovah's Witness tried to put those two scriptures together, and he could not figure it out. Well, there's no way to figure it out but to just have faith and believe what it says. And sure enough, this man was a leader and the Jehovah's Witness for over 30 years, and this man fell on his knees and turned to the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah, Jesus, and wrote a book on how I was in the watchtower for 30 years and got delivered by Ted Dencher. Never give up on people because as long as there's breath in their life, blood running through their veins, there's always hope. And we pray that God will lift off the strong delusion and open up their eyes and ears to come to know the truth. And there are people in your family, people in churches, outside churches, people, there are some professors, there's people all over that that God has a way in his own timing to bring them to where they need to be, just like that man who was at the um, concert there when in Las Vegas. I shared that, and he was involved with that concert, that country concert, and he was an agnostic, and he was on CNN, and he shared how when the bullets came down, he and his sister escaped, and he said, I went to that concert as an agnostic, and I came out of it as a believer. God has his own timing to open up the ears and eyes of people. Keep the faith. Don't ever give up. Brother Gary, let's get to some of our callers. All right. We're going to line one. Brother CC, you there? How you doing, Brother uh, yes, CC? Yes, yes. How you doing? Well, we're blessed. How about yourself? Uh, I'm blessed. I'm going to say we're not just blessed. We are doubly blessed and we're triply blessed. Amen. And, yes. And uh, what's on your heart tonight? I'm going to ask you a question in Genesis chapter 6, uh, verses 1 through 4. Okay. Uh, not 1 through 4, I'm sorry, 4 and 5. Okay, why, why don't you uh, read that? Um, it says, There were giants in the earth and in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bear children to them. And the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. Mm-hmm. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And I was wondering if you can um, help me with that, do a little bit of exegesis. Yes. Uh, well, this is a uh, in the minds of many people, <clears throat> and even 
um, Bible expositors and uh, biblical scholars uh, a very controversial chapter. Really, in the Hebrew, it's not controversial. It's really just uh, something that's basic truth. But uh, there's people that have differences of opinion about this chapter, and there are some people and many well-trained theologians and Bible expositors who hold to the position that Genesis chapter 6 and these verses that you, you've, you've uh, shared with us, uh, that this is referring to, um, you know, angels coming down and having sex with uh, the daughters of men, which is the line of uh, Cain. And so, uh, and they say that this is how they became giants because the Nephilim refers to them as being giants. But really, when you look at this in the context of uh, hermeneutics, which is the biblical science of interpretation, we always interpret the Old Testament in light of the New, we see that when those who hold to this position, it's Greek mythology, not theology. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the sons of, of God is really the line of Seth, okay, the godly line of Seth. And the daughters of men is the ungodly line of, of Cain. So they got involved with each other. And there were giants in that day, just like uh Goliath, see, they were very big people, nine feet tall or so. But this thing of Greek mythology uh, started uh, making its way into the areas of a lot of people uh, where they had at one time believing that Zeus came down and had sex with human beings, and then they became superhuman beings. They kind of interjected this into that. Uh, So... The sons of God, they misinterpret this in the light of the book of Job, you know, because it talks about when the sons of God came before God, you know, uh, Satan came also. Now, in the context of Job, those are angels, but in this context is the godly line of Seth. So I'm going to say this, and then we have to go to a commercial break. This is the, the thing why I say hermeneutics play a major part. To say that angels came down and had sex with human beings is debunked by Jesus when he says in the New Testament, angels neither marry in the resurrection, angels, people neither marry nor given in marriage, but are like the angels in heaven who neither marry nor given in marriage. So if Jesus says that, how could they marry back then? And then the second point, the last point is in uh, Luke twenty four thirty five through 41, when Jesus, after his resurrection, uh, appeared and the doors were shut, he didn't go through the doors like Casper the Friendly Ghost. He simply appeared. That's what an ultra-dimensional body could do. They thought that they had seen a spirit, and Jesus said, hey, look, you know, he said, a spirit has not flesh and bones as you see me have. And Jesus debunks the argument that angels can have physical capacity. So, it's really a, a weak argument, and you need to have a working knowledge of just common sense and the, and sound theology and hermeneutics, and you find that this has no place in it in the biblical motif at all. So we're going to go to a commercial break, and when we come back, um, we'll get to your prayer request. Hopefully that helped you out. Yes, thank you. 
All right, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. We just want to thank once again everybody who has been praying for us and and those who gave over the last couple of weeks. Uh, we just want to remind you it takes more than two folks to keep us on the air, and that's all we had over the last t- couple of weeks, and we're so thankful for them. But we want to encourage you, as God has blessed you, consider partnering with us here at Contending for the Faith. We need your help. We always need your prayers, and we need your financial support to continue to remain on the air. There's two ways you can give. Send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much simpler. Just go onto your computer, your laptop, your smartphone, and go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org. Click the Donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity here at Contending for the Faith. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary. Appreciate that. One other note I wanted to bring out, and Gary and I were discussing this uh, during the uh, break, is that I, I want to bring out, and I always bring this out, so I appreciate Gary bringing some uh, points about this, but uh, it's very important for us when we look at Genesis chapter 6 that we understand that demons and Satan does not have creative power to create a body. That's going against the biblical motif and the scriptures. There's no such thing uh, as... Uh, demonophanies. There is Christophanies, which is the appearance of Christ uh, before uh, he took on physical body, Christ appearing as the angel of the Lord, and then Theophanies, appearance of God in the angelic form. So God has the power to create on a temporary basis of uh, uh, an angelic uh, form, but not Satan. We need to not give him power to do that. Otherwise, he can masquerade on even today fooling people and manipulating people and on and on. We need to not give Satan that type of leverage and power. <clears throat> Just know that that's the difference between the two. Uh, Cece, uh, we need to get to your prayer because we have so many other callers. Uh, you have any prayer requests? Yeah, just me, my family, Mother Rosalinda, and um, I have two two friend mothers of mine who have cancer. One is given six months to live. You pray for them, and then just pray for uh, comedian Kevin Hart and uh, the rapper Eminem. All righty, we'll have Brother Gary to do. That. All right, we just Lord, we just thank you for Brother CC. We lift up his family, his, his mom Rosalinda. We pray, Lord God, that you would continue to bless him, and also. Lord God, he's got concerns about friends and and so forth with cancer, Lord God. And we know sometimes we we need more than a good doctor. We need a great physician. And Lord, you are that great physician. So touch their lives with healing and mercy and grace, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you uh, work on these these celebrities, continue to bring people into their lives, Lord God, that would touch them and, and, and share Christ with them, Lord God. They, you died for them just like you died for us. We thank you and praise you and give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary. Well, let's get to our next caller. All right. We're going to go to Leslie. Are you there, Leslie? Yes. How are you doing this evening? I'm okay. How are you? Well, we're truly blessed. And what uh, 
what's on your heart tonight? What question you have? I guess my question is how to deal with the situation I'm going through. Um, how do you deal with believers who are not acting? You you are breaking up. with. Do you have Can your you, you have your radio on? Yeah, you yeah, need to turn so your radio you need turn to it down. Turn it down because we're getting an echo uh, from you. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah, that's much better. We're on equal ground. <laughs> okay. Um. So basically, I'm just seeing, calling to ask if do you think I made the right decision? Um, I'm homeless, and in the past five years, I've had about two or three bouts of homelessness, and um. Whenever I try to reach out to people in my life who are, um, to a place to stay or need a shower or need a favor, and I go to their houses, we over the simplest, smallest disagreements, they end up telling me I'm not welcome and don't come around, even though I'm I'm in need. And these are these are people who are supposed to care about me. So the last time this happened, I pretty much um, I I feel that they were being wicked towards me, and I told them I don't want to deal with them anymore on on any level when I. While I'm going through this homelessness, or or after I'm done, when I when the God, when the Lord does provide me with a place, um, and I was just wondering if is that the right course of action? Because First Corinthians thirteen, you know, says we're supposed to love each other unconditionally, and I'm. But then there's other parts of the Bible that says you're supposed to depart from wicked people and don't hang around wicked people or mean-spirited people. So I'm just wondering, am I handling this situation correctly? Well, you are, because, uh, you know, the the Bible says, Blesses the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, and what fellowship has light and darkness. I mean, the Bible is clear. And then... Uh, it says in Amos, uh, believe Amos three and three. How can two walk together unless they agree? So the Bible is very clear about you not being in the company of unbelievers because you're going to not only get hurt, but sometimes people get killed uh, in the wrong association. Uh, and you know, you need to in in terms of uh, your homelessness, you need to really uh, go through a shelter uh, a program that's going to really help you to have goals and objectives so that you can go forward into a housing, eventually a housing facility, and where you can get the help and the uh, support you need. So you need to stay on course with a a, a plan and a goal because a lot of shelters will do that and uh, they will get you set up with a goal. I have a lot of friends who gone through shelters and then they've set up housing for them and and that uh, they have to be off of drugs and alcohol and all that other stuff and no gaming. And they get on with their lives. So stick with the plan and the goals of those who are in these programs that want to help you. And then also be involved with a a local church that will give you the support and help you need as well. Okay. I know as you said when I'm dealing with unbelievers, but should I handle the same, handle the people who claim to be believers? you'll You'll know them by their fruit. Jesus said you'll know them by their fruit. If they're not bearing good fruit, 
and they're not bearing godly fruit, don't have anything to do with them, dust the feet off the you as a testimony against them and move on to some people that's going to treat you right. But let's get your prayer and then call us back and let us know how things turn out for you, okay? Okay. All righty. And we appreciate your call. But let's pray for you right now. We have Gary to pray for you. And uh, you call us back in a couple of weeks and make sure you take heed to what I'm saying. Stay focused uh, and faithful and fruitful and then get involved with people that's going to help you in a church that's going to help you. And if you need some help around that, too, we can maybe give you some referrals. Uh, Brother Gary, let's pray mm-hmm. for her. Lord, we just lift up Sister Leslie right now. We pray, Lord God, that you would just... Uh, make a way for her where there is no way, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you'd open a door for her to get into a good, solid situation where she has safe shelter, Lord God, that she's around people that care about her and love her. We pray, Lord God, that you would lead her to the right church and the right community of believers, Lord God, where she can get support, Lord God. And we pray, Lord God, that you give her clarity of mind, thought, and speech. And, Lord God, that you would give her clear direction as to what she should do with her life, Lord God, and how she can get things back on track, Lord God, because we know that you have a plan to prosper her and not to harm her. We know your word says that you you have uh, a a purpose for her life, Lord God. And Lord God, we want to see that purpose uh, come to fruition, Lord God. And we just pray, Lord God, help her today, strengthen and meet every need that's represented in her life, whether it's a financial need, spiritual need, physical need, or an emotional need, Lord God, meet every need, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for your call. And uh, you uh, get back in contact with us and let us know how you're doing. Okay. All right. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to go to Charlene in uh, Walnut Creek. How are you doing, Charlene? Um, I'm doing well. Thank you. And what's on uh, your heart so we can use our time wisely? We have about four minutes. Uh, we want to use our time wisely. What's on your heart? All right. Um, my sister is 80 years old. She's been a Jehovah's Witness since she was uh, 14 or 15, I think. And um, she's in the midst of battling for her life with breast cancer uh, that has spread, spread to the lymph nodes. Mm, so sorry to hear that. Yes, and she's had, anyway, she's facing surgery here shortly. She's already done other chemo and things. And... Um, as a Christian, I have witnessed to her in the past, long ago. I actually was taking a class from Walter Martin at that time, so that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we pretty much through the years here have been, we, we share biblically, but... Um, we don't tread a lot on each other's toes. Mm-hmm. And so we've maintained relationship. Um, and I usually pray before I see her, you know, when I know I'm going to see her, to see if God wants me to sh- share something. How, how, would you but, like for, how would you like for us to help you? Do, do you have any I, questions I'm or a, anything? Yeah, my sister is up... Um, Anyway, I'm just dealing with her by phone. She's far away right now. 
And how can we help you? How can how would you like for us to help you? Uh, what you would recommend for sharing? You have shared the doubting Thomas one with me before. Yes, yes, and that's a that's a real good one. You know, uh, you, you, do you have my book as well on the uh, biblical proposition supporting the Trinity? No, I don't. That would be good for you to get. Uh, you need to. Uh, Gary's going to give the address in a little bit. That would be really help helpful to you too. Well, let me yeah. say this: uh, words of encouragement to you. You have planted the seed. Yeah, I mean, to learn from Walter Martin, you learned from one of the greatest apologists and theologians, and he was my mentor. Um, and uh, the greatest thing you can do for her after you planted a seed is to pray for her that God will open up her eyes and her ears. And there was a story uh, of a lady uh, that was a neighbor, and uh, <clears throat> she had a, a cancer, a tumor. She was a Joe witness, and I talked to her years and years and years, and her heart was hardened. And uh so she uh, refused to get a blood transfusion, you know, because Jehovah's Witnesses uh, refuse to do that because of the cult they're in. And uh, right. and they have mur- they have murdered more people than Jim Jones could ever imagine. Jim Jones, 916 people in Guyana since Jehovah's Witnesses started in the 1800s on the Charles Taze Russell, Judge Rutherford and, and, and Nathan Knorr. I mean, they they put, uh, you know, Jim Jones to shame, but she refused to get a blood transfusion and she ended up dying young. Before she died, uh, her mother allowed me to come into the room. She was uh, bones, completely bones, and I was able to pray for her and looked like she was grunting, but looked like she uh, was reaching out in prayer. You never know. Uh, I would continue to encourage you to pray with her have an opportunity to visit her and pray and in a the sinner's prayer and that's all you can do and plant the seed you've already planted the seed do a sinner's prayer and trust that god will touch her heart and you pray that prayer lord touch her heart open up her eyes and ears on her deathbed because it's never too late a good example of it is that the thief on the cross he said, mm-hmm. Lord, remember me when thou comest into the kingdom. And Jesus said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. That's an encouraging word for you to say to her. And keep us posted on how things are going. I like the, the, we hear the music, but listen to the address, and we'll try to get the book on the Trinity. Thank you for your call, and we'll be praying for your, your sister as well. All right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. We'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, Frederick, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being a part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are important to us. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week. At this time, when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell, and may God richly bless you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.